Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book publisher and fantastic fella, Fraser Brown, about what comics he would take into a zombie outbreak apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, The Comic Scene Comic Club. Available from just £5 a month or £30 a year, you can get monthly issues of the History of Comics, Shift, Brawler and specials of Pat Mills' Space Warp. To find out more and subscribe to The Comic Club, visit comicscene.org. Now... Without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Fraser Brown. How's it going? Hello, Samuel. It's very good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's uh, It's been an interesting day. Um, I've had a really fun day with my daughter, but then uh, yeah, we've, we've had a few issues, haven't we, Fraser? Well, I feel like we've already done the podcast. We've always, it took us about 45 minutes. <laughs> It's me and my archaic tech, that's what it is. I refuse to upgrade, so I'm, uh, yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> no, it's all good. It was worth exploring, wasn't it? Because yeah. you've got this absolutely amazing microphone, but for for some reason it just wasn't, wasn't well, I'm, meshing. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad I found out today that my really expensive microphone is just essentially a paperweight. So that's cool. That's good. <laughs> it's always good to know. <laughs> horrendous um but so uh, yeah no it's a real pleasure to to have you here on comics for the apocalypse Thank and you. uh for for anybody that hasn't come across you just yet what do you do in the world of comics well i'm kind of i'm kind of new to the world of comics i uh i have obviously been a comic reader my entire life but uh last year i decided to start a publishing company um and i thought for the first project we should make the largest anthology that's ever existed in the history of comics, because I like to start things small when I start companies. Um, so I'm relatively new. I've been working on the same anthology, uh, Tales from the Quarantine, for the last 14 months now. And we're about to obviously come to the end and start printing and get it out there into the world. But it's, uh, yeah, that's that's what I do in comics so far. Amazing. And and it was an absolutely epic Kickstarter, um, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. We were, I was very happy with it. Um, it I mean, it clearly was boosted by the amount of talent we had in the book um i don't think anyone was coming from me but it's uh yeah no i was very pleased and we're it's it's all for charity so we're um we're into the push now to try and get the rest of the charity money and get as much as we can in and, and donate it across you know around august september um but it's been it's been a trial by fire this uh this past year uh, and, you, and you've just about survived do you think the fire <laughs> I'm a bit worried what's going to happen when I stop doing it. I think I'm going to have a bit of a Pavlovian. I wake up thinking about this book. I go to bed thinking about this book. Um, and I'm a bit worried after a year and a half when it's at the printers, I'm going to wake up and not know what to do with myself in the morning. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we'll see. At least it'll be done. Fantastic. And and for those that missed out on the Kickstarter, um where can they pre-order and expect the the right. book to be landing on their doorstep? Well, we have we have a backer kit pre-order store which we're keeping open till the sort of the end of July, uh, beginning of August. Um it's going to go off to the printers in the next few weeks, so we'll have our stocks in and then we're sending it out to the back uh, the uh, the backers on the Kickstarter first of all around August. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else will get theirs around September. Amazing. Um, is the plan. 
is the plan right now. Yeah. Um, so we're actually, this is the first, you're the first person I've spoken to about this book on record. So, uh, amazing. We're, uh, yeah, we're about Comments to for the apocalypse out. exclusive. There you go. Um, <laughs> we've got a big, we've got a big push next week. We've got so many reveals. We've got, we've got guest characters from other comics. We've got, um, we've got loads of artists and writers we haven't even announced. Uh, we've got all kinds of crazy stuff happening that, people aren't even aware of yet so this thing this thing's already pretty big it's going to get bigger um that is amazing yeah and my breakdown is going to be around october i think so yeah it'll be <laughs> it'll be book printed out breakdown that's the order of what i'm doing in the next three months well a well-deserved rest by the sounds yeah. of it um so uh you know congratulations on on making it through and then you just Thank got you. this the, the, you're on the home straight by the sounds of it we are indeed we are indeed fantastic yeah. um and and where can people uh find find that backer kit uh store uh, the best way to go at the moment before we get into sort of pushing it in the press is to go via our Twitter. There's links all over our Twitter, which is uh, okay. at Red Cabin Comics and mm-hmm. at TFTQ Comic. Um, we're on Instagram as well with the same thing. Um, links are all there. Uh, it's a really convoluted, it's a backer kit, backstroke, pre-order, backstroke, tails. So it's That's actually sort of uh, better to go through our social media and just uh, Amazing. yeah, um, go through there and you'll see, you'll see it and you'll see all the news coming out next week. Perfect. And uh, yeah, of course, folks, all of those links are in the show notes. So feel free to click through, check out Tales from the Quarantine and uh, make sure that you uh, follow Fraser as well um, on social media, not in real life. Do not follow people like that in real life. Yeah, that's no, weird. social media is fine with me. That's, that's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, um, all of that aside, unfortunately, um, I've got a little bit of bad news, um, oh, yeah. and that is that there's been a zombie outbreak. Oh, another one! Oh man, another one! Yeah, exactly. Um, so, on, on top of the the pandemic we're currently living, yeah. um, we there's also been you know an outbreak in uh, out of I think in 28 days later it's like in Oxford or something, isn't it? Like some yeah, Oxford yeah. research laboratory, um, yeah. and it's it's come out of that. Um, oh. And uh, my my first question for you is: What's your action plan for survival? Hey, my action plan for survival is pretty much what I'm doing right now: is just to go to ground. Um, we we would uh, uh, we got obviously got a family to take care of as well, so we'd find uh, I reckon we'd find higher ground somewhere as remote as possible, um, which is pretty much where we are right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'd wait it out because those little buggers, first of all, they're not going to be coming all the way up into high ground, those guys. They're going to stay in cities and eat people. They're going to, uh, <laughs> yeah. they're going to go where the food is. They're not going to bother going into the Pennines or the, uh, the Lake District. So I think we'd, uh, we'd find our little spot. We'd set up home somewhere and we'd wait it out until they all starved. I think that's my plan. Nice. That sounds good. Um, and it's pretty uh, much what I'm doing right now, to be honest. Yeah, it's anyway, it's not much different. <laughs> yeah, I'm man. Starve, and I can go back out to the world. Um, <laughs> that would be my plan. Yeah, remote. Um, I always, you know, I I also figured if it gets overrun, you could always grab a boat and go somewhere. Is my next. Uh, we got all those yeah. lovely islands up in Scotland. Exactly. Um, so yeah, double plan. I got a double plan. My wife, nice. my wife often jokes. My wife often jokes about uh, the fact that I'm just waiting for it to happen because I, 
I'm weirdly over-prepared for this circumstance. <laughs> you never know, man. You've got to be prepared. She's like, you just, you know, you'd love it if that happened, wouldn't you? And I'm kind of like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so you're, you, you've made it to higher ground or even higher ground than you are already, even more remote. Um, yeah. And you found a comfy, uh, comfy house in which to keep your family safe. Um, and one evening, um, whilst you're, you're chewing the fat with, uh, with all your, your family, uh, the subject of comics comes up. Um, and naturally. Uh, naturally, of course, you, you, you didn't direct the conversation onto comics. No, no, <laughs> we never do that. <laughs> but uh, the, the first question they ask is, what's the first comic you remember enjoying? So the first right, so I was thinking about this, and the first comic I remember enjoying would be way, way back as a wee baby kid, and it would be something like um, it'd be something like Wizard and Chips, uh, which I don't know if you're aware of. That was like the the off brand yeah. Beano. Everyone was into Beano yeah. and Dandy, and I was into Wizard. It had a bit more of an edge to it. It had some weirder stuff in there. It had some like Sweeney Toddler, um, the sort of violent <laughs> baby, and was, that's probably the, that's probably my earliest memory. I would have been about. I don't know, just reading like five, I guess, five, six, and just starting to get stuff from the news agents. Um, we always, my family, we always, my dad had a subscription to 2000 AD, but he, under the excuse that it was for me, but of course I was way too young to be reading that. So yeah, that was, right. <laughs> that was uh, I flipped through it, um, but I, I think it was just an excuse he made just to have it in the house. But he, um, yeah, I used to, I used to get, so I used to get 2000 AD and Wizard and Chips, which explains a lot about my personality, I guess. Um, <laughs> but that, yeah, that'd be my earliest memory. Wizarding, I'd go with Wizarding Chips. Fantastic. Um, and you say that um, it uh, you you picked up at news agents for the most part. Yeah, Wizarding Chips specifically, but obviously you had uh, 2000 AD at home because of your dad. There was yeah, there was Wizarding Chips. There was things like Oink. There were things like uh, later on things like Toxic. All those British newsstand. Yeah, A4 sort of 2008 sized things compilations. Nice. Thundercats, Transformers, the bizarre Spider Man and the Zoids comic where they mixed two IPs for some bizarre reason. Um, Crazy. And I used to have. I used to, there was a lovely guy called Stuart McBride who I guess isn't with us anymore. We're going back 40 years now, and he used to run this shop McBride's, and he always used to. I used to rack up so much money on those comics, owing the money on the subscriptions, and he always used to let me off. I reckon I got half of my comics free as a gift. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, he was such a sweet man, and yeah, he gave yeah he gave me my first job, my first paper round as well. He was a very sweet man, but uh, yeah, yeah, going around that shop and seeing what was on the shelves, and that's my earliest memories and getting all excited. Nice, um, and then and then at that age, were you interested in making comics at all, or was I mean, it not I, on your radar? I, came, I come from a, I come from a, I'm, my 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 father, my grandfather, and my great grandfather were all printers and designers. Um, so I always, I came from a sort of design orientated family. So I think I was more interested in, in copying them and drawing from them. And I think that's what started the whole comics thing for me was, yeah, I, I think so. I was creating comics back then, my own versions of, of stuff that was in the comics and folding yeah. pieces of paper over and stapling them. And, you know, I so yeah. I think that's, yeah, that definitely is where it started. Excellent. Uh, now your profession outside of comics mm seems very interesting can you tell us more about that uh i'm a producer by trade theater and theater and film um 
mostly investing these days. I, sometimes right. I'm hands-on with producing, sometimes I'm not. Um, Broadway, West End for the theatre, and then anything from indie to studio films, depending on what takes my fancy and what I get involved in. Um, and from there, I branched off into other businesses and other bits and th- pieces that I uh, that I'm involved in. But it's uh, it's always creative, and it's always it's yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a frustrated creative. I, I I I like I like to you know pretend I'm a big businessman, but I'm uh, I'm more excited about the creative <laughs> side of it than I am the uh, entrepreneurialism. Fair play. Um, and what, 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 one of your um, things on your IMDb page that I noticed mm-hmm. was that you were involved uh, in being a producer for Cannibal by Trey Parker. Yeah, back in the we had the we had the world premiere of the stage show back in 2008. Um, Amazing. Yeah, uh, he he was very good. He did us uh, he did us some interviews and stuff. He was basically just about to. Um, uh, create Book of Mormon, which opened yeah. not long afterwards. So he was trying yeah. to downplay the fact that he'd written this thing in his twenties, um, but he was still very kind and did us like Observer articles and all that kind of stuff. But it was we we started in London, we did a little run, and then we went up to Edinburgh, and then we brought it uh, back to London for a little run. Um, and yeah, and that was kind of that was the kind of the the biggest thing I'd done at that point. I was twenty seven when I did that. Um, Amazing. And that was the biggest thing. I mean, I've been producing, like, you know, Fringe and off right. West End, and stuff, but that was the first big, big thing we did. And in that mood, that opened a lot of doors for various things, um, which culminated in being involved with Toxic Avenger, the musical, which is obviously another sort of trauma, uh, the same sort of genre. Um, so, yeah, so that was that was good times, good times. And our lead in it, Amy Atkinson, is now currently playing um, the lead in Pretty Woman, the musical. Oh really? So she's gone on to cool. do, she's gone on to do great things and yeah. Oh, that's it amazing. It was good. I lost thirty five grand. Um, oh mate, that's savage. <laughs> that is savage. It was because you know what it was. I picked the wrong venue in Edinburgh. It was my first Edinburgh festival, oh, and I man. and I was persuaded to get the biggest venue you yeah. possibly could. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I worked. I worked out if I'd chosen my first venue, I would have made about fifteen grand in yeah. profit. <laughs> oh, but I, yeah, we lost about thirty-five grand, but it was great. We loved but it. you got, but you got to work with Trey Parker a little bit, by the sense, which is a dream. Would be an absolute dream. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I, I, because I, I was, I think I was one of the first people back in the mid nineties. I received uh, Trey. That, my thing with Trey Parker started because I received the Christmas card he made, which was the, um, yeah, it was a VHS Christmas card with the South Park characters. Oh wow, you received one of those. Cool. I received but they weren't the South Park characters then because that was still like three, four years off. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that sort of started my relationship with that whole, wow, Trey Park is amazing. What, they, what is it? And I was, you know, I was a teenager. I was, I was working in media and I was a teenager and I was, I was showing everybody this thing and they're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, exactly. What, what, why is Jesus yeah, fighting why, Santa? Why What's going on? <laughs> and then, you know, it became Trey Parker and became a multi-millionaire and he's, he's doing all right for himself, I hear. He, he is doing all right with probably the most, one of the most successful musicals of all time with the Book of Mormon yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. <laughs> but, and we'll, we'll, we'll move on in a second, but I just have to say, like, again, if people look up your IMDb page, you've been on The Bill, The Day Today, yeah. Brass Eye, even yeah. Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Most of these things, I, I call myself. Well, as a t- as a teenager, I um, 
I was I was acting, you know, I was I had an agent and I was acting and all that, which is right. when all the past I stuff happened, all that stuff happened. But the uh, the stuff that's if you see anything with my name on it as an actor, I call myself an accidental actor, in the <laughs> sense that people will say to me, "Do you want to do it?" and I'm completely fearless, so I'll just go, "Yeah, sure, whatever." <laughs> so I kind of found myself. I had a I had a I had a part cut out of the uh, the intern with De Niro and Anne Hathaway. I had. Uh, like there's, I, yeah, I, I won't. I won't say no just because I find these things amusing. But I, I don't consider myself to be a an actor anymore or a performer in any way whatsoever. But you know, for some reason, people keep putting me in things. Awesome, um, that's the way to do it, isn't it? This is it. This is it. I, I, that's why I say, I, I, you know, accidental actor. It's like if it happens, it. it happens. If I never do it again, it's it's fine. You know, I look at it like it's, it's sort of amateur dramatics. So it's kind of like it's a fun thing to do. And, <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 amateur I, I, I dramatics I, alongside Robert De Niro and Nan Hathaway. <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah, that was that was, and I was cut as well. I was so excited about that, and then the, the shot, they cropped <laughs> the shot. Sucks. So technically, I'm in it, just not on screen. Just oh man, um, I, I mean, literally like man on bench. It's nothing exciting, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the brass eye stuff was all fun. I did brass eye day to day, and I did you know the bill, and um, I was a thug in the. Uh, uh, again, you can't see me. It's essentially an extra part. But I was in uh, the Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone. Um, oh, yeah, the Mega City. You know, just I, I had it. I was a kid between the age of thirteen and eighteen. I had an agent, so I just they, they got me work. Half the time I turned up and I didn't know what it was till I got there. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah. The brass side. The brass side was particular. The brass side was that in particular because I. I mean, the episode where the. Uh, the lady takes a poop on my carpet. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like 16 and I just rock up and there's Chris Morris and the whole team and everybody. We're driving through Woking and then they just take me into this house and they're like, right, this woman's going to have a poop in front of you. Just uh, just watch her and then look shocked. Go, yeah, sure. And then that was it. Here's your money. Off you go. Amazing. Sure. Okay, great. And then now everyone's like, oh my God, you're in brass side. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> It was a bit. I don't. I don't know if I, for a while I didn't know if I dreamt it or not. It was a bit. Yeah, it does sound oh. pretty surreal. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like, and now through and now through my my work as a producer, I'm meeting up with all these people again in a different capacity. You know, great. Uh, so you know, you're at parties and you tell new stories and yeah, um, yeah. So that's 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 the that's the that's the story behind that behind the IMDb stuff. Amazing. I love it. Uh, fantastic. Now, uh, heading back to your safe little cottage that you are with your family. Um, yeah. The next question that crops up is what's the funniest comic that you've read? Do you know what? That is the one that I had the hardest time thinking about that question. And I don't think it's it's kind of a comic, but it's not. There was a book called uh, I, I, I don't think I've laughed out loud to a comic in like since I was a kid. Um, mm. Not that they're not funny and not that I'm grumpy. It's just not something I've remember doing um or maybe it's what i'm reading now isn't funny i don't know but i i i remember a book called how to be a superhero and i it was illustrated it wasn't dave gibbons but it was somebody of that sort of caliber mm-hmm. and it was mostly comic strips and mostly stuff but it was the filthiest funniest book and i was probably about eight or nine when this thing came out and me and my mates just we must have read that until the pages fell out of it it was hilarious and i still have a copy lying around somewhere in fact i actually googled to see if i could re-release it just out of nostalgia but nice. it's kind of like, it's kind of a dead end when it comes to publishing it was with penguin and then it's just disappeared this book but that was it it's called how to be a superhero and it's a it's a 
filthy, hilarious guy that I shouldn't have been reading at seven or eight, but it, it's, it's, uh, I can't <laughs> go into it because you're a, you're a PG podcast, but I, uh, <laughs> uh, we had a good old time, me, me and my mate James and yeah, as kids giggling away in the playground. So that was probably the most joy I ever got from something like that. That's fantastic. Um, and this is the one by Mark Lee and Mike uh, Lapine. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. It. And illustrated with Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon. That's who it was. Yeah. Yes. It's fantastic. It's, 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 I still, I, when I find it, it's, it's, it's in my pile of books on my bookcase. And I occasionally just <laughs> like, still giggle at it. It just, it's so ridiculous. It's probably, you know, it must, it might be a kid thing into an adult thing. You might read it and go, what the hell is he talking about? But it, um, yeah, no, that will be it. That will be the last time I go forward at something. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Brilliant. Um, cool. Uh, so uh, changing gears a little bit, uh, sure. the next question that crops up is, what's the saddest comic that you've read? Right. So this was this. I, I, I've never read the comic, but I've read the page. The one that the mm. one that I that stuck with me is the introduction of death in. Uh, I found out it was Sandman issue eight where the babies died in the in the cot. And Death picks her up. I don't know if you know the page. Death picks her up and uh, the baby's like, is that it? And it's like, well, I get. And she's like, yeah, sometimes that's all you get. And then the mum comes in to feed the baby and obviously finds the body and falls to the floor. And it's I just, a, I saw it maybe, I don't know, eight years ago. I've never read the issue. I actually never, I have to confess, I've never read Sandman. I just never got round to it. <laughs> Same. Um, but I, nothing against Neil Gaiman because I love the other stuff I've read. I just never, I never read it um but that it's that page comes up every now and again on you know tumblers and instagrams and and to be honest it's i think it's one of the saddest pages i've ever seen and it's always stuck with me so when people say what's a sad comment i just think of that page it just really it's, it's just it's it's beautiful and upsetting at the same time mm. um so i think that's it for me even though it's not an yeah. issue i've read that's that's interesting but that's that's incredible that uh, a page has stood out to you in that way and it's stuck you know, with right, you exactly how powerful how powerful is that writing maybe i should 100%. read sam yeah um, maybe <laughs> how, uh, how powerful is that writing that that one page can like stay with you like it means i can i can picture that i can always picture the panels i don't know who would it might have even been sam keith drawing it at that point i don't know yeah um but i can picture i can i can picture it in my mind's eye right now like it's yeah so yes what an amazing what an amazing page i don't know whether the rest of the issue holds up to it but Mm-hmm. I'm, sure it I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Yeah, it does. definitely. Another, another guy that's doing all right, isn't he? Neil Gaiman, he's doing all right. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He's he's, he's got a few fingers and a few pies. I definitely. Hear, I hear he's got a TV show coming out and stuff. So <laughs> he's got a few, I think. He's working. He's working. He's good. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, now, uh, what's the scariest comic that you've read? Right. So this is this is. Um, I'm not even going to pronounce his name because I don't want to get it wrong. The, ma- the manga, uh, Ito, Ito. Junji Ito. Junji Ito, that's it. Um, I can't... <laughs> the one with the holes. This is my hole. It belongs to me. You know, yeah. you know the one, the, the Amara... Uh, the name's not coming into my brain. Um, have you got it written down there? Uh, Am- Amigara Faults. Enigma of Imi- uh, Amigara Faults. Have you read it? It's it's, it's that's like, one I haven't read. Right, so it's one it's one that people kept putting up the panel, and I didn't read it that long ago. But there's right. everyone's oh, you know he's terrifying. He's the scariest guy working in comics. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's let's have a 
my God. It's like his <laughs> ability to like target your primal fears is, yeah. I, I don't know what deal he's had with which demon, but it's, uh, it's yeah, it's terrifying. That one in particular, the idea that there's a hole made particularly for you that goes through a mountain and people are drawn to just these claustrophobic holes in the shape of their body. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, terrifying yeah. me. Terrifying. In fact, there's a like, if you haven't read it, there's a there's a twist ending which I won't spoil. And the twist ending to me isn't even the scariest part. It's just the concept of the whole thing just freaks me out. Um, so it would be that one, I think. I think in terms of scared. Once again, I'm not somebody that scares easily. It has to be something that yeah really hits into my. I'm the same with scary movies. You know, I won't I won't watch I won't watch. Um, Nothing against them, but I won't watch these sort of schlock schlock films like um, these Wolf Creeks and these Texas. Yeah, like, hostel and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of screaming, a lot of pain. I'm just like, eh, yeah. it doesn't scare me. It just kind of it kind of makes me feel a bit icky, and I don't like. But things yeah. that are psychological, like something like uh, Haunting of Hill House right. uh, on Netflix, is like stuck with me completely. And it's the same sort of psychological manipulation, and that's the kind of mm. that's the kind of fear. I think the same thing I'm kind of frightened of, and I and yeah. this comic sums that up for me. And I, yeah, definitely, yeah, Junji Ito is definitely a master of that, um, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, and I, and um, I hadn't, I, I'll be blunt, I hadn't heard of him until right, I don't know, a few years ago, and then and then yeah, sure. I tracked it, I tracked it down, and then uh, yeah. yeah, terrifying. Yeah, definitely. Um, so and, please, uh, please yeah. stop me talking about it. I don't, I don't. Yeah, want to exactly. It. We can move on. We can move I'm, on. <laughs> I'm on my own here tonight. I'm... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah, don't, don't think about the holes in the mountains. Oh my um, goodness! Yeah. <laughs> I went ahead and said it. Well, now yeah, now think of pink elephants. It's out there now. Now, see, <laughs> elephants are the second thing I'm scared of. No, I'm joking. I'm oh no! <laughs> <laughs> right, now, uh, moving on to my favourite question, and that is, what is your favourite cover? Right. So this is a really weird one, right? And it's it's it's. It's not necessarily the best cover out there, but it's it's the first comic I bought. Um, uh, it was Uncanny Uncanny X Men two seven two, right? Jim mm-hmm. Lee, the first part of the Extinction Agenda. Nothing particularly historic. I mean, there's amazing covers. You know, there's the Crisis cover with Supergirl. There's, but th- that was the first cover I saw where somebody had drawn something that didn't look like a Saturday morning cartoon. Right. Yeah. You know, it looked like art to me and mm-hmm. the detail you know i was i was very much lived through that 90s style that layfeld style and right but that particular cover just leapt off the shelf to me and i it's the it's i have like five copies of it all cgc just because i love this nice um and i i can't explain it it's a nostalgic thing it's uh it was it was just a lightning in a bottle thing for me i just I, you know i i just love that cover um First time, first time I'd seen Wolverine drawn in a semi-realistic way. Cable looked mm-hmm. amazing on the, yeah. So it's that one, and it's it's a weird choice, but that's my choice. So leave me alone. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's a striking color cover, um, and uh, yeah. No, I mean, obviously Jim Lee, once again, is a is another absolute master of the craft, um, yeah. and just you know the the proportions are perfect. The perspective is perfect. Um, and uh, yeah, it's no, it's, it's really first, striking. It's, I think it's the first time I saw, it's the first time I saw somebody draw Archangel outside of, uh, who was doing X Factor? Was it Simonson who was doing X Factor at the time? 
Don't it was very, it was, it was a very sort of that blocky style that, 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 um, yeah, it's very simplistic lines. And so I'd never seen Archangel as anything but a, a sort of nothing character. It hadn't, and right. it, he would, on that cover, he looked amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like the colors and the wings and the, yeah. and yeah, I think, I think it was the first comic I looked at and thought, oh, comics can be grown up. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously then I bought every single thing that Jim Lee ever did. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's wicked that's wicked it's uh <clears throat> jim lee's rocking it once again um in that yeah um well excellent. he did all those amazing things through the quarantine for charity as well that were those uh those daily sketches he did which was yeah amazing stuff incredible nice guy as well i met him a couple of times he's a really nice you guy. have yeah nice. and i was like he's i don't i don't really geek out about people um because yeah. because my business you know you, you mix with people all the time that of course are quotations famous and so i don't really geek out i only i geek out about the most obscure people and jim lee was one of them yeah um, him and timmy mallet him right. yeah and timmy mallet obviously yeah i mean <laughs> timmy mallet yeah i just couldn't even speak to timmy mallet <laughs> um, yeah you get all flustered and <laughs> yeah well he kept hitting me in the face as well with a big mallet so <laughs> that, that doesn't help does it no it kind of put me in a weird mood um <laughs> No one in America is going to know Timmy Mallet. No, exactly. Google Timmy Mallet. Anyone outside of the UK. (laughs) And anyone younger than 30. I was going to say, anyone younger than 30. And then outside of the UK, Google. Google Excellent. Uh, Now, uh, moving on to uh, our next question. And that is, what is the most meaningful comic to you? Yeah, I had a few, and and me being me, I've already forgotten what I said to you. I think I, one of them, the one that comes to mind, and I don't know if it's the most meaningful, is is I, yeah, I do remember. There's there's a couple. One was, um, and this is all this is all linked to nostalgia and childhood, all of these things. But one was uh, Silver Surfer number fifty, which had a terrible silver foil cover written by Ron Mars. Uh, Ron Lim did the art. And I was really worried about, I had to stay away for something as a kid. It was like a camp thing or something. And I was very young and I was very worried about going and bless my dad. He stuck a bunch of comics in my, uh, in my bag to cheer me up. And I I didn't know until I got there and unpacked. And that was the first one I unpacked. And it sort of stayed with me as like a really, like just a token, like a tokenized memory, Mm. you know, Um, not necessarily. It's an amazing issue. It's just, that will always that will always stay with me. Um, and I can't remember what I said for the other two, but there were definitely, most of these things are, are linked to sort of nostalgic memories and linked to important parts of my life. Um, you know, I have like, I have copies of things, obscure things like the eight, first alien versus predator, you know, uh, nice. I was, I was driven around London to like 20 shops cause I desperately wanted this issue. And my parents spoke me like that and would, would you know they'd invest in my hobbies and they 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 literally i must have there was a there used to be a comic shop in marble arch in the virgin mega store there was one we went to mega city comics we went here there everywhere um to get this one issue so i've always kept it because i always meant a lot to me that you know they would do that this is before the internet obviously this is before you could just order the bloody thing it's really like 50 copies on ebay for like 20p right now yeah um, <laughs> but you know you had to they yeah that i think i think things like that um and my first comic as well my first my very first u.s comic uh which was the amazing spider-man uh i think 320 um but yeah things like that, that those those are the things that 
that I sort of have kept. I had at one point I had ten thousand comics. Ten thousand, wow. Ten thousand. I can't, I stupidly counted them. <laughs> oh wow! You literally by, counted them. Or by by by, uh, I measured how many a hundred was high. Ah right, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and good. That's a, that's a good way to do it. But um, still, but pretty yeah, accurate. I, I got I got rid of them all in the early noughties, just as eBay was starting. Um, I got rid of them all, so I I, I have I probably have about three four hundred now. But they they they're a mixture of things that are you know. For investment, things that I like, and then randomly things like Alien versus Predator, where I just kept it as a, yeah, as a nice memory. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, that's wonderful. It's it's really good to have those memories, isn't it? Yeah, um, I, 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 I was you. thinking. I was thinking about this, knowing that we were going to be talking about comics. I was thinking, I don't remember a time in my life where comics weren't part of my life in some capacity. Right. Yeah. You know? going all the way back to news agents when you're five to like, they've always been I, I, the only time I dropped off of any kind of collecting of comics was for about five years in the, maybe the late nineties, maybe like 95 to 99. I just didn't buy any, but then I was like an 18 year old teenager with other things to do. Right. So, um, but yeah, I can't think of a time where they weren't uh, part of my life. And, and as you know, with starting the company, it's it's something that I, I always intended to do, and I just there were no shows happening, there's no theatre happening, there's no cinema happening. The two movies I was supposed to be doing in the studios closed down, yeah. um, so I just thought now's the time, let's do this, and let's do it for a good reason. So yeah, that's yeah. so now they are now they've become a major part of my life again, um, especially the last fourteen months. Yeah, totally, and uh, hopefully that that continues, and it just. Goes from oh, strength mate. to strength. I've, I've just I've just written out my business plan for the next ten years, so it's definitely uh, amazing. It's going to happen. It's definitely continuing. Fantastic! I look forward to hearing more about that. Mm. Excellent. Uh, now, uh, oh, I was quite right. Don't 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 worry. I feel like I'm a mastermind. I'm having a quick sip of water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the countdown begins um yeah. but uh the the next question that crops up in the cottage um is uh what's the most underrated comic that you've read see i once again these are these are it's it's more about things that that i love that people probably don't even think about like i i have the complete run of the fly from impact comics by mike parabek wow. and i I love those. I love those. Mid nineties, massive commercial failure as far as I know, but I love them. I have uh, <laughs> things like, I have things like um, slapstick, Howard, the duck, the sleaze brothers, uh, Andy Lanning, sleaze brothers I have a complete collection. Of, like just things that, yeah, I just, I, I love. And I don't know if it's that they're underrated. It's just more that most people probably don't even remember them coming, <laughs> coming out at all. Um, <laughs> You know, I was talking to Mike Mike Collins about his um, his Pete Cannon Thunderbolt run that he did for DC. Um, you know, I, I, they're all fifty b fifty p bin things, but I just I track them all down and I have them and yeah, I, you know. I, so I don't know if it's that they're underrated more that they're just kind of obscure. Um, I love it, and, have, you, and, you, a, and you just have you have a good time reading them. Yeah, I have a good time reading them, and I exactly. I, I have a habit. I also have a habit of picking things that get cancelled after the first six issues. So I find something I really oh, no. love, yeah, and then no one else wants it, and it sort of gets cancelled. Yeah, um, but then I'm kind of a stick. Like I like I'm a stickler for things like uh, the original Death's Head 
the UK imprint desk head. Oh, great. Um, things like that that just like I, I get a little thrill when they pop when somebody somebody equally the same age as me who's now writing for Marvel decides to put Death's Head in an issue of Iron Man this month or something. So I get a little thrill that these things are still popping up here and there. Um, I don't know if, as I said, I don't know if that makes them underrated or just forgotten, but I, yeah, those, those are my, those are my guilty pleasures. Those sort of like it's uh, blue devil. I have a complete run of blue devil. I have a complete run of uh, speedball when speedball had a, had a comic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love it. I don't know. Have you, have you seen um, on Disney plus the, uh, the Marvel six one six series that they've got on there? I haven't yet. No, you haven't. I, I tell you what, it's really good. I really enjoyed it, but there's one okay. episode in there, right? Um, <clears throat> where I forget the comedian's name. Um, what, what's he in? He's in like loads of stuff, but anyway, you'd, you'd probably recognize him. Oh, that uh, guy. Yeah, no. oh yeah, that dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> guy that's in loads of stuff yeah I've seen, exactly, I've seen exactly exactly um i'll try and bring his name up in a sec but sure. um what do we call it uh he he discovered he wants to bring back a comic an obscure comic from marvel's deep past and yeah. he picks on brute force oh, by yeah. by simon Furman. Yeah, Simon Furman, who also did uh, Death's Head. And, uh, Precisely. That's, that's that's why I thought yeah. of it. Um, these are the animals in robot costumes. Exactly. And yeah, so he, he recreates them and kind of makes them into an animation and things like that. It's kind of like, it's all tongue-in-cheek. And they get they yeah. get Simon on, and Simon's been on, on, on the, our, my, my own show as well. But uh, they, sure. get, they get him on the episode and, like, get him to talk about what what were you thinking? What what's the deal with the dolphin in the robot costume and the Uzi? You yeah. know, <laughs> he's clearly thinking I'm a genius. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, exactly. why, are even, why are you even questioning me? That's insane. <laughs> why wouldn't I have a dolphin with an Uzi? Like, exactly, it completely makes sense. And like just yeah, the, the combination of the dolphin, kangaroo, lion, eagle, and a bear. Well, all the animals you'd want on your side in a fight, obviously. I mean, that's, that's a good just, point. Which is a given. Um, <laughs> if I'm going to go. If I'm going to go to war, I want those animals on my side. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, you, that's you've hit it on the head. It's that kind of obscure I, Devil Dinosaurs, another one that I just remembered. I have a run of um, the Champions. I have a run of the original Champions, which is just like no one cared about the Champions outside yeah. of the Bronze Age. But I just. The idea that Hercules and Angel and Iceman and Black Widow and Ghost Rider go, oh, yeah, let's have a team. Let's make a team. <laughs> it's, like, it's insane. And I love it. And then, like, in the third issue, they're fighting Godzilla. Because mm. Marvel had the Godzilla. Uh, yeah, just fight. chuck him in there. You know, just why chuck not? him in there as why well. Not? Why not? Just do it. I love that. And, it, you know, it, issue nine, it's cancelled or whatever. And it's like, I, I love those little snippets well i love i love the earnestness of it as well that these people were you know these creators were putting you know they weren't doing it for a laugh they were yeah creating something and i like the fact that these things are there and they exist and you can get them and you know yeah i that's what i that's kind of my that's so that's what i think when i think of underrated it's just obscure yeah there's gonna be someone listening to this going what does he mean obscure champions has had a new series but to me they're kind of like they're not the avengers you know what i mean yeah They're, they're random Midnight Suns is another one. Midnight Suns, when they had the, hey, we've got a bunch of horror characters. Let's make a team. Yeah. You're like, none of these people would hang out with each other. Like, Ghost Rider and Blade are just going to be, because Blade's not done anything that deserves a penance stare. You know what I mean? From Ghost yeah. Rider. Like, this is going to backfire really quick. 
<laughs> you put all these people in one room together. Love it. Oh, I found the um, I found the actor comedian yeah. that um, that hosted that particular episode, Paul Shear. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought you might know him, but no, he's he's really funny and he does it really well. Yeah. No, I, I, I watch it. Definitely I, check I, that I, out. I remember the comic. I've, I watched the. Uh, yeah. I watched the episode. Yeah, that's fine. Definitely. No, that's great. Excellent. Something. Yeah. Bring it back. Why not? You know, make it a Disney Plus series. Bingo bango. Making everything else a Disney Plus series, why not? Why not? Just... Make it a what if. I reckon, because they're going to yeah. do these what if ones, aren't they? Yeah. Um, chuck that in as though, you know, instead of the Avengers, it's brute force that are yeah, like the, the A-list superheroes. Do it. <laughs> why not? That would be fun. Let's write, write, write an email after this, tell them what they need to do next. Though. 100%. Yeah, no, they're it, definitely going to listen to me. <laughs> Here's where you're dropping the ball. Okay. Yeah. Let me use some advice on how to make some money. <laughs> Excellent. Now, uh, on to our penultimate question, and that sure. is what comic would you recommend to a friend who's never read comics? Whoa. Do you know what? I had all these clever answers and I've forgotten what I said. Um, what would I recommend? I can't remember what I said, and I can't. So you said, you said anything yeah. by Brew Baker and Phillips. Anything, yes, of course. Anything by Brubaker and Phillips. Anything. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think. I think if they've never read, like, it's too easy to go. Oh, start them off on something simple. I think, you know, people that are going to want to explore reading and know how to read. So give them something like I. I think I mentioned Promethea by Alan Moore. Yeah. Um, pretty much those. Yeah. I, I, obviously, it's a personal tasting as well for the person yeah. you recommended. But anything that's worthy, like I think Brubaker and Phillips. I've never read anything by them that wasn't spectacular. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something like the fade out is amazing. I think I have to, I think I own, I think I own the fade out in like four different formats <laughs> um, things. And also I think things that are things that are self-contained, but amazing. So things like saga, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, why the last man uh, preacher, you know, I'm sure if I've read, if I had read them, I would recommend things like fables and Sandman. Yeah. And things like that, but I personally haven't read them. But the, um, yeah, I, love, I mean, why the last man, you know, such a beautiful self-contained story and saga is just like amazing and out there and nothing, nothing about saga should work at all. Like when you're reading it, nothing about it should work and everything <laughs> about it does work. It's amazing. And, uh, and, you know, they famously don't ever want to turn it into a film and I can, I can see why it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it deserves to be a comic. Um, so yeah, that's what I would do. Here's, here's Saga, here's Walking Dead, here's Preacher, here's Why the Last Man, something that's, you know, world building. Exactly. Um, like I love stuff like, I mean, I love stuff like The Authority as well. And just, you know, things like The Authority, are, so it was so filmic and led to, you know, like the things like the ultimate universe, the original ultimate universe and things like that. I think those are the, those are the ends. You can't start with like, the Phoenix saga from Uncanny X-Men. It doesn't No, Yeah. People aren't going to know what's going on. Um, and I think those, I think those nineties comics, I was having a look at, like I adored that X-Men run, uh, that Jim Lee, Chris Claremont X-Men run. And I tried to reread it recently. And I, I think they, they kind of have their place, you know, whereas things right. like why the last man are fairly timeless. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a really long way to say I'd recommend very popular. <laughs> 
self-contained stories but you're quite right yes yeah, it's, it's, it's generally the way to go um i'd say um but, although i'm gonna read i'm gonna try and pick up sweet tooth now because i've never read it i've only I've yeah watched, neither have i I've watched tv series twice oh great nice because um, i loved it so much and i'm gonna pick up the uh the books um because i it completely went under my radar um the, the series i mean it was yeah. 10, 10, year, 10 years ago but nearly 10 years ago but um yeah yeah that kind no, of that'll be I've fun that'll be very fun. much world building and self-contained and exactly yeah. you don't yeah. need to know that uncle ben was once a spy for the russians you don't need any of that history uh <laughs> yeah, right. you just get a, you just get a world that you can delve into Exactly. Now that's great. Uh, now on to our last question, and that is: if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? See, I cheated on this. I don't think I. I don't think I would. I just find the biggest omnibus I possibly can because it provides me with kindling and toilet paper, <laughs> <laughs> but also whilst I can read it at the same time. I, I. I don't know if if I'm in the middle of a, if I'm in the middle of an apocalypse. I don't. I don't know if my priority is going to be catching up on my back issues. <laughs> um so i yeah i don't really have one that i would that i couldn't live without i do i did accidentally take a copy of how the duck i traveled the world for three years in my early 30s and when i was packing in a rush i somehow managed to stick a how the duck issue one in there yeah um so i took photos of it and it's i've got photos of airs rock i've got photos oh, really that's brilliant on a beach in fiji and then i ended up uh i was fed up with carrying it around so i gave it there was a small little comic stall in uh singapore in a, in a market and i just gave it to the guy i said here have it amazing <laughs> so, so i guess i guess if i have to take one it would be for nostalgia it'd be how the duck issue one just to so i could take photos of against it against like the burning monuments yeah and, uh, the, when the thermonuclear bomb goes off, I can take a photo of it in front of that. Um, <laughs> like that. And then make a little zine of it. Yeah, and then yeah, and then just obviously obviously Instagram will still be going, so I can upload yeah, it. Exactly. Whilst I'm running for my life. That's the main thing. At least at least get something on your storyline. For the gram. Obviously. Everything's for the gram. Hundred <laughs> percent. Hashtag no filter. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> So, alongside your uh, your issue one of Howard the Duck, uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you as well? You need a good, you need a good multi tool. I think you can yeah. start you can you can start fires. You can you can find shelter. You can find food. Um, I think you need a good multi tool. So you don't know what fen- you know what fences you're going to have to cut through. What doors you're going to open? <laughs> yeah. How you're going to defend yourself? how you're going to cut your face. Yeah. I think a good, like a Leatherman multi-tool. I think that's the one thing everything else can be sorted. You know, you can find and boil water. You can, um, yeah, I think, I think that's it. Um, uh, yeah, a, a good, a good, a good multi-weapon stroke useful tool. Um, nice. yeah, preferably with a long reach, especially with zombies. Although to be honest, the first thing I do with zombies is, uh, the Walking Dead's primed me quite a lot in what I would do. Those uh, those big stick things, those big medieval uh, uh, sort of bundles of sharp sticks are pretty ah, useful. Ah, right, yeah, yeah. And they just walk into. Yeah, uh, exactly. So all that stuff you can, you know, you can... You can fashion all of that, can't you? Out you can of fashion kind of... that with a bit of determination. Yeah. Um, I also do falconry as a hobby, so I could probably oh, try wow. to go get food. Um that's amazing. Uh, so I I can just imagine you with a long leather coat, with a kind of a falcon glove on. I don't know what it's called. What's it called? 
a falcon glove. <laughs> it literally is called a falcon glove, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you like standing atop of a of a windy hill um, in the middle of nowhere, like, <laughs> and your falcon by your side, long Very hair blowing in the wind. I've been I've been training for it my entire life. We'll just just bring it on. That's what I say. It's um, coming. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 um, unfortunately I don't own a falcon because they're incredibly you have to be incredibly devoted to them. So I have yeah. to go to a place called the English Falconry School and we, we use their falcons to practice. Wow, that's so it's such a cool hobby though. It's fun. I haven't had I haven't had a chance to do it because I actually have been in lockdown since last February. So yeah. I haven't actually I haven't been you haven't anywhere. managed to get there. Oh, well, I haven't been, we literally haven't been anywhere. We, we're lucky to be very, very remote. Where I live is yeah. um, the nearest streetlight's two miles away. Holy smokes. That literally so, is in the middle of nowhere. So once you're in for the night, you're in for the night. I did, try and walk, I did try and walk home one night from that streetlight. It didn't go very well. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've kind of been lucky that we're quite remote. So we just, we've just we've been, yeah. Nice. Not really going anywhere, to be honest. But then, to be honest, I've been working on this book for so long; it's, it's. I haven't really noticed. Yeah, exactly. So it's a benefit that you're in the middle of nowhere. It's helped you focus. It has. I could do with better internet speeds, but apart from that, it's all, it's all been good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Fraser Brown, thank you so much for showing your comics for the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. Right, it's been fun. Thank you. Excellent. And uh, one more time for the listeners: where can they find you online? Uh, you can mostly find me on Twitter. I am on Instagram, I think, but I'm on at Fraser Brown on Twitter. And if you want to follow Red Cabin Comics, we're at Red Cabin Comics on Twitter. Um, and that's where all the news about the book's going to be in the coming weeks. Fantastic. And again, those links are in the show notes, folks. So go check out Fraser's work right there. Um, and other than that, it's been a real pleasure, Fraser. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you on Twitter and hopefully in person one day at a con. I hope so. Was the next whenever the next con happens, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, MCM London seems to be going ahead, and Birmingham okay. in October and November. And then, of course, you've got Thought Bubble in November um, Bubble. as well. I think, I, think if, I think if I venture anywhere, I will probably venture to Thought Bubble, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of happy being a shut in if I'm yeah <laughs> keeping people at arm's length. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair play well again Fraser it's been a real pleasure and uh, have, have a good rest of your evening thank you very much you too have a great day you bye. too bye. have a great night bye. <laughs> bye thanks again to Fraser for being on Comics for the Apocalypse it was an absolute pleasure if you enjoyed the show please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use as not only will it let me know that you liked it but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well if you'd like to check out Fraser's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now. <laughs>